Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. Listen, if you're watching online, perhaps you're listening on our podcast, it is awesome to have you with us. I don't know what day of the week it is, but we consider you a part of this church, an extension of this family, no matter where you're watching or listening from. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, I want to encourage you to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant Church? Would you give our online viewers and listeners? Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, you know, we're, we're a, a church plant. But um, this last week, we had, uh, and I actually looked at some things. Kai, you didn't even know this. I didn't tell you. But our numbers are going way up. We have probably, uh, I, don't, I, I can't give you the exact number, but we have a lot of listeners online and on the podcast. And so um, we're really making a difference outside of this room uh, on Apple and Spotify's platforms. And I'm so grateful to the Lord for that. And so I uh, just wanted to encourage you with that, that you know this word is going out. Your, your seed is being sown uh, actually to the world. We're, we're literally reaching international. We're, we're reaching outside of this country, which is amazing. And so I'm so grateful for that. Um, we talked last week about the life of Jesus part one, and that was the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Um, and what, what an amazing, I believe it was an amazing service. I believe it was, a, it was really fun last week to talk about Palm Sunday is probably how you know this. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Jesus Clears the Temple, which was actually, we're going over the Passion Week, so that was Sunday. Now we're on Monday, that's today, Jesus Clears the Temple. Then Tuesday, Jesus teaches on the Mount of Olives. Wednesday, Jesus rested in Bethany. Now, the scripture doesn't give a lot to support exactly what happened on that day, and so uh, we're not going to camp out on that too long, but I'm going to actually couple that with Thursday, which is the Last Supper. Friday, the crucifixion, Saturday, Jesus in the grave, and then, how many of you know, Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, that's the victory right there. The reason why we're devoting a whole week, and I talked to you about this uh, last week, I'm not going to go over all the statistics, that sounds great, thank you, um, but the reason why we're doing a whole week on this last week of Jesus' life before he ascended to heaven here on earth, last week of his life here on earth. The reason why we're dedicating a whole week is because out of, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we talked last week about how there's 89 chapters total in all four of those first books of the New Testament. Out of those, there's 29 uh, chapters devoted specifically to this last week of Jesus' life here on earth. So I figured that's a series right there, and that's, that's why we're doing this. But I, I want to focus on, again, Monday, clearing the temple as we look at day two in this series. Now, I want to give you a, a thought before we dig into the word, and that's that I want to talk about two weapons that the enemy will use against you. Now, the enemy's got lots more weapons, but there's two that I want to really focus on. That It's not that we're giving the enemy glory, but I want you to be equipped with things that he will try to target you with. Okay, and the first one is deception. The devil's going to try and deceive you, and, and I don't care how long you've been saved, how long you've been walking with the Lord, the enemy's always going to try to trip you up with deception in some way and snare you in the trap of sin and deceive you into thinking you can get away with it and it's okay. 
He's going to try and deceive you with sin. He's going to try to deceive you with unbelief is another one that many of us believers, even that have been walking with the Lord for years. I've dealt with this even in my life when I deal with a situation that's not perfect or maybe a tragedy. And immediately you start to question and deal with unbelief. And he'll try to get you to a place of insecurity and questioning yourself. He'll try and confuse you on what's good versus what's evil. Anybody see that in today's society? What's really right? What's really wrong? And then the other one, the other weapon is distraction. The devil loves distraction. He loves to try this, especially with believers. The devil would love nothing more than for us all to do just a bunch of nothing. The devil would love to see us invest our attention and our time that we're stewarded into a bunch of nothing and get distracted and off track of the things that we're called to do that should be our focus. He loves to keep us off target, and he would love to get you focusing your mind and wrapping your brain around things that are trivial. And uh, what was the word you used today, Kai? It was a good word. It was like a $20 word. Tertiary. There you go. Tertiary. He said that in the talk back, Mike, and the band was like $20 word. Holla at your boy back there. on the Give Kai a shot of, uh, of, yeah, way to go. Sound engineer got better vocabulary back there than the pastor. That's what I'm saying. So let's look at day two and... In Mark, in this story, this is a story of the withered fig tree and the story of the cleansing of the temple. There, there are two different moments, but Mark kind of sees these, and as we read this, you're gonna, it's kind of like one package deal how Mark sees this. Mark 11, we're going to start at, um, this is chapter 11, we're going to start at verse 11 and read all the way down to 22. I want to say this before I get started, and I want to I just welcome the Lord and pray over this before we look at his word. Father, we just thank you for revelation in your word. This is chock full of revelation. And today, Father, we yield to you as you speak to us. And Lord, I thank you that these would not just be words on a page, but that they would come to life and that we would leave here forever changed because your word changes us when we apply it and when we open up our hearts. So Jesus, we open up our hearts right now. We open up our minds right now. Speak to us. We open up our ears. Speak to us in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, shout whoop, whoop. Awesome. And he entered Jerusalem. This is Sunday night after the triumphant entry known as Palm Sunday. So I never saw this before. We're focusing on Monday, but check this out. This is the night before. He entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. So this was the disciples. Jesus went to survey the temple before he went there on Monday. So this is Palm Sunday, and he goes and he checks out the situation, and he takes a scope and sees it. I never focused on that scripture before, but it's really important about what I'm, what I'm going to get into here. Verse, verse uh, 12, on the following day when they came to Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not season for figs. How many of you know, if I go to an apple tree right now, I'm probably not going to find apples because it's not apple season. So Jesus didn't find figs as it wasn't the season. And he said to it, may no one eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Now I want to pause right there. It's not fig season. And Jesus is ticked at the fig tree for not producing figs. Okay, how many of y'all feel that about Chick-fil-A on Sundays? 
and you're like, I, I'm, may no one ever eat from you again until Monday because we're all addicted to Chick-fil-A. But y'all, can y'all can y'all relate right there? It's like, I, don't, I know Chick-fil-A is closed. Well, Jesus goes up to the, and you would think right here that there's, there's going to be like this, like, okay, Jesus, could you imagine if Jesus was alive today, be, oh, he's anti-fig, he's cancel culture for a fig right there. Like, he's hating on the fig tree. And I'm not trying to be humorous about this. I'm trying to bring some perspective of this. Verse 13, uh, 14. And he said to it, may no one eat from you again. And his disciples heard it. So they heard this whole thing go, go on. Now, verse 15. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. So they're selling pigeons in the temple of the Lord. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. See, the temple was being used for things that weren't pure. The temple was being used as a cut through. This is what was happening. There was traffic going on through the temple. It was being used for things it wasn't intended to. They were selling merchandise in the temple of the Lord. And this was not pure. This was not holy. Now, I want to bring you back to Sunday night. Just so you could get the perspective is Jesus. Because you would think when he starts flipping over tables, this guy's obviously not happy. But this was not an impetuous or a... Impetuous, Kai. That's a good word right there. This was not one of those flip switch decisions. This was something that Jesus had meditated on it for, for that night. He had time to think this through. He was meditating on it. He was thinking about it. And he was getting slowly more and more angry as he was meditating on what happened to my house. What happened to the temple? And I want to pause because I read this in scripture and I, am at, I believe that if Jesus were to walk into the temple of the American church, he would be saying the same exact thing when he walked in. Because the temple is supposed to be a place of the presence of the Lord, a sacred place where we can encounter God. It's pure. It's holy. And I could tell you, I dealt with some things even this week in the American megachurch where I can tell you we've got an issue. And it's not just the megachurch. It's in the American church. It is prevalent where we are lacking holiness. I've been talking to the musicians, and I'm, I'm even going to crank down even more on this, that it's like we're supposed to be Levites, that we're preparing a way by living holy, that when we worship, there's an acceptable offering to the Lord. How many of you see that missing in worship culture today? I look at music videos of, of worship, and I, I see no difference between that and MTV, and that's a problem. There should be a representation of the power of the Holy Ghost. You go, are you criticizing the church? No, what I'm saying is Jesus flipped over tables because of things he saw in the temple, and I can't imagine. I'm starting to think that if we don't get some things straight, he might have to go back and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah because that's how off-kilter we are right now. Verse 17, and he taught and he said to them, it, it is, is it not written, sorry, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. I want to pause right there because guys, it's time for prayer nights at the church to be the greatest attended thing that we do. Because right here, Jesus said, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer. So either we're going to listen to scripture or we're going to block that verse out and cut it out of our Bible and say that doesn't matter. And I am not going to do that. Verse 18, and the chief priest, check this out, 
and the scribes heard it and sought a way to destroy him. In other words, they didn't like this cleansing that was going on. In other words, would the American church pastors really be happy if Jesus walked into the temple today and started rebuking us for things that we're doing? Have we become an ungodly production on Sunday mornings? Or are we really here to give an offering? I'm not trying to bum you out today. I'm not trying to rain on your parade. But we've got to ask ourselves these questions because we're living in a very serious day and a very serious hour. And I believe that we need to clear the temple right now of things that don't belong and make way for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who sacrificed and gave his life for us. And I'm questioning the very purpose of the church right now. Are we where the Bible says we are supposed to be purposed? Or are we missing the mark? We're all, I love this, I love this. And the chief priests and scribes heard it and sought a way to destroy him, for they feared him. They feared the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They feared Jesus, because all the multitude was astonished at his teaching. Isn't it amazing how we bend when the crowd, you know, oh, okay, well, hold on now. I see that in the American church. It's like, uh, based on popular demand, we'll do this. This is not a voting church. I'm going to go the way of scripture no matter what. That's what we're going to do here at this church. We're going to follow God's way, period, end of story. I don't care what the vote is. We're going to preach holiness, and I don't care who likes it. I'm just going to trust that the crowd will be attracted and astonished at Jesus' teaching. Because let me tell you, they were astonished by it then, and they're astonished by it now. Because his power, some of y'all need to get excited. I'm not trying to just ramp you up, but we need a wake-up call here in America. And when evening came, they went out of the city. Verse 20, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembers and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. In other words, hey, hey, look, Jesus, there's actually power in your words. Isn't that amazing? Do you know that Jesus, the same power that cursed that fig tree that caused it to wither is here right now that we have the ability to bless and curse by the power of our tongue here right now. Which is why some of y'all need to get your confession straight. You go, oh, well, you're talking about the American church. No, I'm talking about the temple of your heart. And we need to do a cleansing. We need to do a clearing just like Jesus did. I'm preaching better than you're amening, but that's all right. I'll just be encouraged in the Lord this morning. Peter remembered and said, Master, look, that fig tree's withered. In other words, there's power. And Jesus answered, have faith in God. In other words, let's put all of our stock of our faith in a God whose power is real. It is real. When Jesus went into the temple and he saw the business and he saw us losing the intent in the temple back in that day, he saw the purpose that was gone. He said, no, I can't have this. I got to stop the noise. There's noise pollution in my temple, and there's no recognition of reverence any longer. And I believe that we're walking through that right now. God is calling his temple back to order in this season. And I believe that's a prophetic word for all of us today, that he's calling us all back to a place of order. Chaos isn't of God. God is a God of order, and he's calling his church back to order. Y'all, well, we're sitting there at midnight and we're placed with temptations and things that we could look at on Instagram. He's calling us back to order. He's calling us back to holiness. It matters because it starts with me. 
It starts with you. It starts with us. We've got to lead this. We, to whom much is given, much is required. And I hear the clarion call this morning. Most people read this story and they think Jesus is having a bad day, but there was a righteous anger that came from Jesus. And guys, I believe that it's time for the church to rise up right now with the righteous anger for the injustice of the unrighteousness that we're seeing in the day and the hour that we're seeing it in. You know, when I flip the news on and I see what's happening to Ukraine, I get righteously angry and passionate in prayer. And it, my house becomes a house of prayer. And I say, Lord, we need order back. The church of Ukraine is suffering. God, your people need you. Because there's power when two or three are gathered in his name. If we would just join together and get this collectively, could you imagine with the numbers in this room, if just two or three, could you imagine the numbers in this room, what would happen? You have to look at the symbolism of this story he saw in the temple that his house was no longer a house of prayer and no longer a house of his presence. And the fig tree represented the fruitless nature of the temple. And God's house is supposed to be a house of prayer. It's supposed to be a house of glory. It's supposed to be a house of his presence. We are supposed to be a fruit-bearing people that when we leave this room, we carry the presence of the Holy Ghost that just our shadow heals the sick. I'm longing for the day where I walk into Starbucks or I walk into 131 Main Restaurant because I got an addiction. And the power of God and the presence of the Holy Ghost changes the waiters in the restaurant right there because they recognize the joy that we carry and His presence is on us and His love. I was saying it last week that this, this, last, this last week that you read about in His life, He carried it all throughout Jesus' life. But really in the last week you see an outpouring and a demonstration of His love. Remember, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So I can interpret that, don't be a jerk. Because you carry the Holy Ghost and he's not a jerk. He's, I'm telling you, Jesus is a loving, we serve as a loving God. When you have no reverence, you have no order. Where you have no reverence or order, you have no glory. I was thinking about it today as we had the worship list and I was thinking about all the song order and we work hard at being excellent. And I'm going to be vulnerable with you and just share with you as your pastor. I have a passion for excellence and I love production and I love love things being fine-tuned. I love when when Kai, when the audio's awesome in here and, and, and I love when the music is awesome and I love all that stuff. But sometimes I can get so caught up in those details and I hear God saying, hey, there's something I want to do and I need to get your attention right now. You don't have to choose one or the other. You can have both. I'm attracted. I love your efforts. But now I I need you to just pause and reverence me in the room. Is there a reason why in the American church, when I stop playing the instrument and there's a holy hush, we get antsy? Do you know why that is? Because we've been outside of the temple of the Holy Ghost in his presence for so long that we get nervous when it starts to happen. We're supposed to be so familiar with the place of worship that we're just collectively doing this, that we personally practice this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on our own, that we're just collecting ourselves together to do this corporately. If your worship is a once a week worship, you don't know the Lord. I've been asking myself because there's that verse and it scares me every time I read it. You know, I never knew you. 
And I wonder how many of us know the Lord on Sundays and that's it. And I wonder if that's why there's such a deficiency in the American church. The answer is yes and amen. You were created by God to be fruitful and not just for you and not just live holy because of you, but live holy because, listen, your holiness impacts others or lack thereof. This isn't just about you. Remember, I said this, the Holy Spirit, it's not a lake. This is not meant to be confined. It's a river, rivers of living water. When you experience the goodness of God, that's supposed to come straight out of you into others. I had somebody this week that contacted me and said, I was watching the video of when you and, and Liz announced that you had a miscarriage and I saw the joy in your faces and I saw the smiles and I know just how plastic that was. And I said, plastic, what are you talking about? I said, no, you know what that is? To whom much is given, much is required. And I have to exemplify the fact that we're going to surrender and we're going to trust God and we're going to have the joy of the Lord because how many of you know when times are good, God's good. When times are bad, God's still good. That doesn't change. He doesn't fall off his throne because I had a moment. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe that what we are doing up here when we said that wasn't plastic at all. It was like, hey, guys, the struggle's real, but the joy of the Lord will be my strength. Can I get a shout of praise in this room? A.W. Tozer, that quote, every week I almost quote this, that a scared world needs a fearless church. What some of us can't. Is it unsheath, unsheath, yeah, unsheath, unsheath, whatever, however you say that. We can't take the sword out because it's so, it's so dusty, it's so dull. We haven't sharpened it in a while. We're not in the Word, so when we go to use it, we don't know. This thing's just flopping around. It's time to start working out the sword. Y'all need to go home and have some dueling sessions with the Word. It's healthy. Iron sharpens iron. Let the sparks fly. Woo! Woo! That's for you, bro. Right at you. I want to ask you this. Is the temple of your heart in order or is it in disorder? If Jesus walked into your heart and saw the condition, would he flip tables or would he go, well done, good and faithful servant? You go, why are you coming at me today? Listen, sitting right up in that booth, I came right at myself this week. And I said, Jesus, is my heart in order? Is this temple a place that you want to dwell, or does it stink? Yesterday, I was cleaning the house. I love a clean house, and I just I have a problem with vacuuming. I'm a little, I would say I'm OCD, but it's CDO because it's in alphabetical order. <laughs> Speaking of confessions, I'm totally fine. I'm good. I'm good. But I was vacuuming, and I was spending time in the presence, and I was I was saying, Lord, just as I'm, I'm in the natural getting my house in order, I want, I, I, I want my heart in order. I want things in order. I want this, this, let this be a natural, first in the natural, then in the spiritual. I need you to just cleanse me. I want to spend time with you. I, I want you to forever change me like never before. Just do your thing, Lord. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just saying, man, we've got to have intimacy with the Lord. I've said it before that, that God's whispers are heard in close proximity. You can't hear a whisper when you're far away. Are we spending time marinating with the Lord that he can do the purging? And when he flips over the table, do we go, oh, Jesus is angry. 
Or we can know he loved me that much that he flipped over my disorder to bring order. It's his kindness that causes him to flip the tables over. In 2016, Liz, I'm going to just be transparent about the situation. We went through an issue where there was some disorder in my life that needed to be brought to order. And that year was a year I took off of ministry and allowed God to just do some things that needed to be done so that I could be forever changed. And I'm, I'm proud to tell you that that was one of the best years of my life, even though it was so painful and it was so chaotic and I was so angry and I was so lost and I was so confused because I walked through some injustice and I didn't get it completely. But you know what? God was doing some things because how many of you know it's in your most painful moments that he does the deepest surgery? Are you running from the painful moment or are you going, Lord, just go ahead and clear the temple? Because how you steward that moment depends on how he can use you in your future. You go, I don't like it. <laughs> okay, you think Jesus hanging on the cross was like, oh, this is awesome. No, I don't think so. No, I think it was a painful moment. But how many of you know the deepest surgery that saved my life and yours was done in that painful moment for Jesus? I think this season of reflecting on the cross and the resurrection is a time that we need to take some things and nail it to the cross and let it sit there for good so that God can do some things with our future. And I hope the Lord is, is convicting you. I hope you don't feel condemnation, but you feel conviction that this is a season that is for every one of us for right now. The disorder of my, my heart, I'll just tell you this with the, the cell phones and, and the iPhone. I've been talking a lot about this, but, you know, this week my cell phone, I had it sitting there and it was like ring, text, text, ring. Then I picked up the phone. It's ringing while I'm on the phone. News update, tweet, ring. Update, weekly report, Instagram likes, and I'm so distracted. And the Lord said, put it down. And I put it down, and I, I looked, and I had, I have it, my iPad is my Bible. So I put my phone on top of what is my Bible. And the Lord said, that's the whole problem right here. You got your iPhone on top of your Bible. I quickly went and put my iPad on top of my iPhone. I was like, no, no. And I believe that we need to clear the temple of that kind of stuff too. You go, well, that's not necessarily a sin issue. Well, it can be. Because how many of you know obedience is better than sacrifice? If he says put the phone away, put the phone away. And start marinating in the presence of God instead of marinating in Instagram. And maybe you'll see God use you. Maybe. Because he's looking at our obedience and he's looking at those small things and as we pass the test, it's amazing what God does. It's amazing. I've seen the same people that cry out to God, Lord, I want to be used. I want to see the dead healed. I want to see, I want to, I want to see uh, the dead raised. The, I want to see the sick healed. I want to see all this stuff happen. I want to see all this stuff happen. But then the iPhone, ring, text, tweet, you know, but, and we're so distracted and so distant from God. It's like, how can God use somebody he doesn't know? Again, I'm, I'm not trying to heap condemnation on anybody this morning. But four declarations that I want to encourage you to make your focus, and I'm almost done. Number one is I will not be distracted in the distractions. This is a homework assignment, and it applies to me big time. 
I will not be distracted in the distractions. I will not be shaken in the shaking. All you have to do is flip on Fox News and you know, or CNN or whatever your poison is, you know that there's a shaking going on right now in the world. And you know what kind of freaks me out a little bit is how freaked out the church is about what the Bible says is going to happen that we're watching happen on the news. And the church is scared. And I'm going, well, you know why we're scared? Because we haven't cleared the temple and we don't know the power that we have because we haven't exercised it in so long. Use it or lose it. Number three, I will not be discouraged in the discouragement. Liz, that's what I was talking about right there. We have a miscarriage. I will not be discouraged in the discouragement. Last night we were, we were talking, and Liz, if it's okay for me to share, you had a bit of a time of, of discouragement that we had to walk through. And we had to declare, I will not be discouraged in the discouragement. In other words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many of you know that Liz and I are going to have a baby? And it's going to be cute. And you're all going to want to hold it. And I'm going to be just fine with that because I ain't, ain't nobody got time for that one Sunday mornings while I'm up here. So y'all just you pass the baby. Do your thing. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. This is just working out. And number four, it's a little different than the rest of the three. But I think it's really important. I will keep, or you might hear the word in Scripture, fix your eyes on Jesus. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, it means I'm looking at Jesus and nothing else. I turn even the peripheral vision off. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse 2 in the NLT, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. In other words, the painful moment, he got through it because of the joy he knew was awaiting him disregarding its shame now he is seated in the place of honor besides god's throne i'm pretty excited about this today we need to give god a shout of praise that's good stuff right there i'm gonna read it out of the passion translation because i love this hebrews 12 verse 2 we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention on the expectation i'm sorry and expectation onto jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection i love that into faith's perfection in other words i'm not going to focus on what i see i'm going to focus on what my faith knows Okay, we're more than a conqueror that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We need to start to declare this stuff because it's real. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. I love this right here where it says, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you, everybody say me, me. would be his. I said this last week that it's just amazing that his expression of love comes before we even accept him. That's a pretty cool God. That he loved me, and it's not something that's merited or deserved or earned. This is something that I get to spite me. Thank you, Jesus. Can anybody say amen? Because I know me this week, and I thank God that it's not merited. Thank the Lord for that. So I want to say this. Gas prices are going up. 
I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. My stomach's in knots a lot of times over circumstances and things that are going on in the natural. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. You might be thinking, well, I got marital issues. My marriage is falling apart. Well, there's only one way to make it through. We got to fix our eyes on Jesus. Thank you, choir. I've got physical challenges. I might need a healing. I might have gotten a bad health report, but what are we going to do? We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. I look at my checkbook. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. That's the cure. That's the cure. That's the unfallible vaccination. Go ahead. Roll up your sleeve. Let's go. I need a little Jesus juice. That's what I need. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. So while the track plays, I want to bow our heads this morning. And I want to do this. Just forget about the, the details of service. And this is just you and Jesus this morning. Father, we just right now, we survey our hearts. And Lord, as we're clearing the temple, we ask you right now, Lord, the temple of our heart, that you would clear everything that's not supposed to be and we make way and we make room for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, I thank you that you're speaking to us. And Lord, I, I right now unlock every ear of every person in this room, every person that's listening on the podcast that's been saying, I need to hear your voice and you're not hearing. I remove that blockage in Jesus' name and I command the voice of the Lord in your ear in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you reward those that seek you with diligence. And Father, we right now, we commit this morning that we're going to fix our eyes on you and we're going to remain diligent. We're going to remain faithful. And we're not going to see things right now in this season as they are in the natural, but we're going to look at things through the lens of your spirit where there's clarity and there's revelation to what you're doing in the name of Jesus. Now, I thank you, God, for lifting every heavy burden. I thank you, God. We just right now, we declare your authority and your word over every physical condition in this room. We fix our eyes on Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus. Here's what I want to ask you to do this morning. If you're here, if you're on the podcast, but especially if you're here this morning, if you're experiencing a physical issue, I want you to just stand to your feet because I believe there's, a, there is a, 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 there's power to heal this morning. You're experiencing a physical issue, an issue of sickness or whatever it is. It could be headaches. It could be, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is, blood pressure. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing blood pressure. I'm hearing headaches. I'm hearing anxiety that's been creating some physical issues. And I break that anxiety in the name of Jesus. There's somebody right now, the Lord's healing your back. You've been having some back trouble, and, and God, is, God is, is fixing your back right now. You're going to come back, and you're going to say, the Lord healed me, just like that. God's healing backs. I command backs to straighten up in the name of Jesus. Some of you have some female part issues that are not acting right. I command that right now in the name of Jesus. I command your feminine parts to work right now in Jesus' name. I call life to come forth. Some of you have been diagnosed with a disease that's been a curse that's been spoken over you. We break that curse in the name of Jesus and we say no. We say no to every curse that's been spoken over us. I declare life to come forth. Now say this every person out of your mouth. Say in Jesus' name, I declare life to come forth. And I repent for not rebuking this, but I rebuke it now. Sickness, I rebuke you. And I, and I declare the blood 
I declare the work that was done at the cross in the mighty name of Jesus. Sickness, get off of me. Sickness, get off of me. In the name of Jesus. If you believe that, shout amen. Yeah. Now, I speak over anybody who's been dealing with depression. I speak over anybody that's been dealing with anxiety. I speak over, I, I re, right now, I rebuke depression and anxiety and heaviness. And we did this at the beginning of service. I'm going to do it right now. In Jesus' name, get off every person that's here, every person that's listening online. In the name of Jesus, no more. I take authority over you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, would every person stand to your feet and just give God a shout of praise because he's good garment of praise. No, a shout of praise. Come on, a shout of praise. There you go. There you go. I want to say this, guys, that there is power. It's time for us to get back to being a power church where we recognize we can come in here and see God do things in our lives. And if you don't believe that, hang out here more and you'll see it happen. Because I believe that this is a room of miracles because I know that God is a God of miracles and we're worshiping and inviting him like never before. Lord, I just thank you for a great week over every person in here, every person that's listening or watching online. And I thank you, Lord, for a week of change as we clear the temple of our heart and we invite you to take over and do what only you can do in the name of Jesus. Would you shout amen? You guys are dismissed this morning. I love you guys. Let's walk in authority this week. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.